welcome to Getting to Show You, a podcast where my friend Balta and I take turns introducing each other and you, the listener, to media that we love. And Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, Happy Holidays to those who do not. I am Lou, and this episode, I have the pleasure of getting to show you Nicholas St. North and the Battle of the Nightmare King. Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, Nicholas St. North and the Battle of the Nightmare King, which from this point forward will only be referred to as the book or Nick St. North, because that is mm. one hell of a mouthful, uh, is a children's book by author uh, William Joyce, uh, who wrote, who is responsible for the books that the uh, Rise of the Guardians movie is based on. That's what most people know. A lot of people don't know the books or haven't read them at least. Mm. So uh, we are doing not the movie, but the book today. But we have watched the movie. Yeah. So we'll, we'll touch on that <laughs> a little bit. What were your expectations when I suggested this book? Um, well, I didn't know. First, first of all, I didn't know it was also a book. Um, or like a book series I only knew the movie and I hadn't watched that um, of course uh, not because as no. listeners will know you do not consume animated media but then again I also was on the internet at the time <laughs> that movie came out and everybody watched it yeah. like it, <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with animation it was just like everybody watched that movie it's just osmosis um, yeah but so um, I vaguely knew the characters i i mean i knew jack frost that's about it <laughs> i am like you you should know the characters like they are santa yeah, okay. claus and <laughs> I, I, do, I do know them conceptually yeah. i just didn't know um like yeah. who was in that movie exactly and what kind of vibes they had or anything i i knew that everybody was at some point thirsting for jack frost and that's about it <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I knew nothing else, um, and I was a little bit surprised also that apparently like all of the characters had their own book, and like yeah okay I did know that uh, Nicholas Saint North was I guess Santa Claus, <laughs> uh, but that was pretty much it like that's all I knew, <laughs> so I don't know expectations. Um, I thought I would probably get a sweet uh, children's story. I was hoping that it might be a little bit gay. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Why would you I think mean, that? <laughs> because you suggested it <laughs> and you like it. Um, and yeah, I think that was pretty much it. I expected a nice uh, like Christmassy story. Nice. Yeah, I, I picked it because, um, so I think most adults who don't have kids and don't work with kids don't tend to read children's books that they never read as a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I think even I myself know that if I read a children's book, it is something that I know from my childhood or that's somehow related to my childhood media consumption in mm -hmm. some way. So this is for me one of the rare cases of reading a children's book that I don't remember from my childhood because when it came out I was already a teenager and I didn't read it then. I didn't really know about it until the movie came out and you know then it still took a couple of years before I checked out the book and when I checked out the book I was so blown away by it and 
half of it was grief because I thought, mm. why couldn't I have had this book as a kid? I would have loved it. I would have eaten it up. It would have been my mm. favorite book when I was a kid and growing up. Um, and the other half was just absolute ecstasy at how perfect this book was, even for, for <laughs> adult me. Like, even adult yeah. me was like, this is the greatest book I've ever read, the greatest children's book I've ever read. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I just, yeah. I just loved it immediately. And I put it down and a lot of people are going to be very upset at me saying this right now. But I didn't read any of the other books because I put it down and I was like, nothing could possibly top this. <laughs> I... It they could be in someone's opinion like the second or third or fourth book could be someone's favorite book but I still will not believe that anything will cater to me as perfectly and entertain me as perfectly and thoroughly as this book so mm -hmm. just I just said I'm not even gonna try to read them this is the only book to me now. <laughs> yeah okay I understand that like especially when I read it there was so many points where I was like yeah this is this is written for Lou, right? Like, somebody wrote this with you in mind. Yeah. 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 Well, William Joyce was like, I'm so sorry that I couldn't write this sooner, but I'm writing it perfectly for you now. Don't worry about it. And uh, just yeah. for context, I did watch the movie when it came out. I was one of those people on Tumblr that blogged about it. But just for the record, I was never that much of a Jack Frost girly as they say now. <laughs> didn't used to say that back then. The girly is new. Mm. Um, gender neutral but uh, <laughs> i was always way more team santa team north mm -hmm. team hot santa always yeah he is very cool in the movie he has uh, mm, a good vibe yeah yeah okay let's go <laughs> we don't really have a structure for a book but do, uh, do you want me to do a summary oh sure yeah <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to keep it as short as possible, because last time was way too long. So, um, <laughs> it's about this guy who's called Nicholas St. North, but he only appears in chapter 6. That was a very interesting thing. Yeah, true, that is very surprising. So, it's it's not just about him, it's also about this wizard guy called Ombrick and his daughter and the village they, they are in. Uh and which is in siberia siberia how do you say siberia <laughs> okay thank you um so yeah the the nightmare king gets freed um and also the spectral boy um and uh, the nightmare king wants uh, to bring all the nightmares to all the children and uh, the wizard is trying to stop that from happening, and especially uh, like protecting the children in his village. And um, he kind of accidentally teams up with Nicholas St. North, who is the most character of all time. Of all <laughs> like time. he's perfect, basically perfect. He's like this roguish kind of guy who um, runs with a group of like outlaws and then accidentally stumbles into being good and saving all children. Um, and he gets very good friends with uh, Catherine, the like the adopted daughter of uh, Ombrick. And yeah, all three of them save the world from the Nightmare King. The end. <laughs> Wonderful recap. Perfect. Nailed it. Um, North is the most character. Like, that is what got me. First of all, you start reading the book and he's just not there. And you're like, yeah. you, you read, if you're me, you read the book because you really enjoyed the movie and you're like, you know, the Santa guy, 
I want to know more mm-hmm. about him. And then he just doesn't show up for a while. <laughs> it's like for six chapters. <laughs> because it's not that long a book, and you're like, yeah, hello. Like there's back. Like you get lore. Like there, they have time for everything before this guy mm-hmm. shows up, and then his introduction is just the most mind-blowingly incredible mm-hmm. thing. Like he is attractive in all senses of the word in a way that written characters rarely are to me like Mm -hmm. i know being obsessed with a written character that i've only ever read in a book or that you know is described in a book maybe has been Mm -hmm. adapted but like this way that he is attractive is something that i so specifically know from movies and tv Mm -hmm. not from reading a character but the way william joyce writes him is like so vivid and so good it's Mm -hmm. it just i I can't even describe it i can't even describe it like this balance between like oh he's this rogue he's this outlaw he's you know cocky and and vicious in a way and then on the other hand but at his core he's Mm -hmm. really good at heart like he is the most pure-hearted person around and he's Mm -hmm. just you know had these bad circumstances it's just oh god Mm Oh, especially like the circumstances and like his his traumatic past that immediately was like that is that something I really love so about the good. book because even though it never uses words like trauma or healing, it is about that. Like mm-hmm. there are some lines that stand out to me so much as like, oh, this is a book about you know healing from trauma, mm-hmm. and especially like with him and but also the spectral boy. It is mm-hmm. so clear and so wonderfully done in a way that I think is really really rare and really really good especially for kids i think i I wrote down a couple of lines from that first chapter where he gets introduced and there was one that was like um he had never been tucked into bed and that immediately tells you so much about this character and also this one that was absolutely raw i wrote that down i was like i i read it and was like okay i need a break i need to process (laughs) this one sentence hold on it was like his boyhood was spent in the wilds, aware mm. of himself only as both predator and prey. Yeah, I noted that one as well, yeah. In a kid's book. <laughs> that yeah. wrecked me. That was such a good sentence. Yeah, and it like it immediately tells you what kind of character this is. Like, you have to wait six chapters to get to know him, but then they really give you everything that you need. Yeah. And just everything about the way he's written, because once he finds this magical village, because what I really love is that the magical village is unique in this universe. Like, they are not aware of magic outside Mm -hmm. of this village. So when he gets in there and he gets exposed to, you know, uh, wizards and spells and, you know, reanimation and whatnot and the Nightmare King... He doesn't mm-hmm. believe it at first. He he keeps going like, no, no, what what was that? <laughs> that could not have happened to me. And I love yeah. this sort of character, this pains of this like really rough guy, at least presenting himself to be really yeah. rough and all about, you know, seeking treasure and just, mm-hmm. just selfish and cool and suave. But mm-hmm. then you have this layer peeled off because he's injured and he's just trying to process like what the fuck was that and you get this layer of like the doubt and the i don't know what to do with this this suddenly he's no longer swap he's no longer cool because he's injured and confused and lost Mm -hmm. and then it feels of another layer when catherine is so darling to him and he 
just reluctantly becomes her friend because he can't help it. He he's not a bad guy, and mm-hmm. he can't fight the goodness of his heart when he sees a child. Yeah. Who's really sweet and adorable and lonely. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. And I also love the bit where they're like trying to get into the village, and of course the village is protected by all these magic spells, and um, it's like the village he doesn't know it at that point but the village is kind of calling him and letting him in and then every single one of his men uh like falls into the trap of like this spirit of the forest is that what she's Mm -hmm. called like this uh, this beautiful lady who like spills out all these treasures and all of them fall for her but he does not. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I really like the line that they have there about when he hears the children screaming while this spirit tries to seduce the men to, mm-hmm. you know, just fall prey to the magic. The line that he wrote is, the sound pulled at North's soul, reached into a place in his heart he did not know existed. And for the first time in his life, he turned away from treasure. I- <laughs> Wow, yeah. okay, yeah, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Now that is a character. Now that is uh, a character. Truly a character. Woo. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wrote down. <laughs> Sorry. Give me a second. What? <laughs> I took these notes a week ago and now I'm reading them like somebody else wrote them because I don't have any memory of writing them. And I wrote, Iconic how all of North's um, men get lured by the spirit of the forest and her feminine charms, but North somehow is immune. Yeah. Gay behavior. <laughs> yeah. No, that is obviously, this is not like the main part of why I like this book, but I yeah. really enjoyed reading the homoerotic subtext into this children's book because for some reason it is there and Mm -hmm. I don't know I mean I guess the point of the book was supposed to be friendship in capital letters because that's you know Mm -hmm. also really like I've talked about this before in the podcast but I really really think that showing intergenerational friendships is really important and really valuable Mm -hmm. and while North becomes sort of like a reluctant dad to Catherine Mm -hmm. as he starts um coming to terms with his new life in the village uh he is also constantly described as her friend as yeah you know as them being best friends and i think that is so wonderful and so sweet and so important because mm. so many lonely kids just need to know that you know this is fine and this is an mm. option and you know you you can find friends in anyone that was also a part that i really liked um, just the three of them, like Omrik and Catherine and and Nicholas and North, that they basically they are they become a family. Yeah, and I I really like the way that it's written that they are very much that to her. Like there is this sweet mm-hmm. moment where they leave, uh, and she finds like a hot chocolate prepared for her um, as a mm-hmm. goodbye, and she drinks it, and it's like oh yeah, um, this is who made it, and. She mm-hmm. thinks about like how the two of them make her hot chocolate differently and how she doesn't mm-hmm. prefer one over the other. She just noticed that they're different. And like yeah. it is such a sweet moment of like, yeah, they're raising this child together in, a, in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, uh, it just gets me this kind of this this sort of mix of tropes, the reluctant dad, the adoptive mm-hmm. dad, the lonely child, the only having each other, and, mm-hmm. and these sort of, these two grown men who sort of suddenly take care of this child growing closer. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. And then there's also this 
part about this whole village basically being a big family and the way they all yes. like work together and uh, when things get bad how Ombrick makes sure in his tree ho- uh, home that there's enough beds for every single child uh, to protect them from the nightmares and um, the whole magic system as well um, that's kind of linked to it um, I'm like so fascinated by this magic system because it's basically um, a thing of make-believe like of if enough people um, think that this is possible it's going to be possible um, but also like the the fact that North when he comes in and when he's injured is healed by the communal power of love <laughs> like this whole village yeah. and the way they love him is what heals him literally yeah. so big brained it's so huge I mean that's gotta like change his yeah. DNA like in general <laughs> the science and lore in general is so incredible because it's not just magic and it's not just like if you believe hard enough you can make it happen it's also mm-hmm. a lot of science that is what really really got me mm-hmm. why i love the book from page one it's you know they have telescopes in their homes they study yeah. it's all about reading and gaining knowledge and learning about science and of course some mm-hmm. of that science is talking to animals and uh, silly stuff mm-hmm. like that but like at the core the book really says to children that learning is cool and fun mm-hmm. and exciting and like the kids in the book all want to learn they want to go mm-hmm. to school with Ombrick they want him to teach mm-hmm. them stuff and that is the core of this philosophy in this village that you know everyone should learn everything and that's you know the most important thing that you're together and you learn mm-hmm. together and you grow together and you love each other and that's like this is the wildest like utopia that's the mm-hmm. little utopia they built there and like just everything also the parents like the kids are described as always being a bit mischievous and mm-hmm. not wanting to go to bed because they keep wanting to explore mm-hmm. and but it's like they're not punished brutally for it or anything it's not like oh and then he used his magic no it's like they're kids and they're allowed to be kids and they're allowed mm-hmm. to be silly and when something bad happens they don't have to be afraid of the consequences when someone finds out they were sneaking out they are just they ju- they can return and feel safe because mm. they feel safe with these you know people of authority in their life mm. because what they encourage is love and curiosity yeah that is so so valuable and really really got me about the book mm-hmm. which i would have loved that as a kid yeah absolutely i think curiosity what you just said is at the core of this magic as well it's like sure make believe in a way but it's also like being curious being open trying to find more uh, find out more about other things or other people um and the more you know the more you learn the more you will be able to do with it um and that's very very cool approach to that i also do think that this concept of belief if you believe hard enough you can make it happen is sort of an underrated aspect of like um science in the sense of like making change and making progress because without the idea you can't make it happen like you can't do the science without the Mm -hmm. idea of the science like if you don't imagine a little like a tiny little screen in your hand that can hold Mm. the power of like the entire human history's knowledge then you can't invent it you have to imagine it first and that Mm -hmm. is sort of what i think is at the core of the story this idea that you know 
Magic and science are the same thing if you have the right worldview for it. Yes. Yes. And they do in this book, and that's why I love this book so much. Mm, yeah. And he builds an android. North builds a little android boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. That you was know I love that shit. You know like, I love that shit. The first few chapters, I was already okay. Like this character is perfect for you, Lou, specifically. But then suddenly there's a robot guy there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Did they did they know you when they, they wrote knew this? Me. <laughs> they did that for me because you read a lot of the book before you get to the robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god, even more. Like I just settled on this being great, and now there's more. Mm-hmm. Just love it. It's so yeah. good. I was just thinking about how, like, it's so cool how they become a family, but the way it is described, how they become one, is also just very good. I think it's like starting so slowly and there's a nice build up and then for like at first he's um north is um Umbric's, um apprentice and it's like mentioned how that's a special thing because Umbric has never had an apprentice like that and then like suddenly they they're described having breakfast together and like it starts becoming really domestic and it's it's like these tiny things that build built up this growing together so well and yeah i really love that yeah it's such a natural progression especially for north's character growth because he is healing in this village because it's Mm. finally encouraging him to like not put on this cover of what he used Mm -hmm. to have but to just embrace his curiosity and his you know his goodness because that is Mm -hmm. the the reason ombrick even takes him as an apprentice Mm -hmm. because he has to be good at heart to be able to do these mm-hmm. things to be able to learn this magic yeah and the fact that that is what defines this character is amazing because what you now have is a character who's truly deeply good but who grew up being a warrior so we have the mm-hmm. most badass guy who does who's entirely motivated by wanting to do and be good mm-hmm. and that is an absolutely incredible character because on top of it it's also kind of a like he's really cocky and he's really mm-hmm. like self-assured and that's sometimes a bit of a problem like Ombre mm-hmm. tries to tone it down sometimes like you know you're not yeah. that that not all that but yeah. he is all that unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> yeah I loved especially that bit where he's like where you can see that he's still very like I guess daring or yeah like, cocky is also a way to put it like He's like, oh yeah, so I did some magic, it went wrong, now I'm doing yeah. something that's completely cool and risk-free. I'm gonna build a humanoid <laughs> robot, nothing could go wrong. And to be honest, he does succeed. It only goes wrong in the sense that the robot gets manipulated, but that's not yeah, his fault. That's not his fault, that's true. But like, He didn't um, do anything wrong. Yeah. And like, again, the love at the core of it, like the, the, the robot, the android, I mean, it is called a robot gin, but it's, it eventually... Even though it's being manipulated, it doesn't end up hurting him or anyone else because he built it with so much love in it. Yeah. He built love into it that it couldn't do it. It couldn't hurt him. And Absolute wild concept. It is a robot wild that's wild. powered by love. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Like, literally. It, uh, it, yeah. Like, he's like, yeah. Like, there's this line where, where Catherine 
like because the thing that is like you put little trinkets inside that n- tell the robot who you are mm-hmm. and you know what what's important about you and why you need to be protected and like Catherine puts a little drawing of north in there to represent mm-hmm. both her and him and it's like that's the thing that makes the robot not hurt north because Catherine loves him so much that yeah. he can even when he's being controlled like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah what a concept it's so good. It's so good. And then this whole, like, road trip, basically, <laughs> that <laughs> that Umbrick and North go on. And at first I was really upset that they left Catherine at home because I was like, no, they belong together. But mm. then in the end, I, like, kind of thought, okay, yeah, she's gonna come in and save them, I'm sure. Also, um, really, like, they, they gave this little girl a knife and they were like, she's gonna save them. Like, oh, okay. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, there's the two dads' influences shining through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming in on reindeer, but holding a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. I mean, for once, it is smart that the adults of the story leave the child behind when they go into a dangerous situation. Like, that's what every like adult in a in a children's book or children's also, media should do. What I what I really found remarkable there is that like she begs to come with them and both of them say it's better if you stay behind. Mm-hmm. But North gives her this comp which hilariously it always points north, ha ha. Yeah, oh god, yeah. gives her this compass. It's like if you if it if it really is necessary, you can find us through this. And he trusts her not to abuse it just for funsies just because she wants to go on an adventure and like she recognizes that this trust is being shared here and she doesn't use it until she finds out that they're actively in danger and need mm-hmm. rescuing and i think that is such a sweet little lesson to package in there of like you know if you build the trust if you really yeah. do it right then a child won't abuse their freedom they they mm-hmm. will understand and mm-hmm. that is like the the book treats children with so much respect I think that is I think so remarkable why it's enjoyable as an adult because there's nothing patronizing about it that Mm. could annoy you as an adult or as a child like it it takes children fully seriously as people Mm -hmm. and it was also interesting to me because most of the children's books I read in recent years like you said the ones that I also read in my childhood um, and now I'm rereading again Yet most of them have child protagonists, and it's very unusual for me to, like, at least in recent years, to read books um, with uh, adults as protagonists in uh, children's books or, yeah. Um, And I think they did that really well, that you have these characters that are interesting to you as a child, um, especially North, but also Umbrick, I think is a really cool character for kids. Yeah. But then you also have like this child character that you can also relate to um, and find like as they see as an inspiration or something. And I think that's really cool. Yes, absolutely. Like I, I do think that the lack of adult leads in children's media is doing kids a bit of a disservice because Yes, in a way, children enjoy seeing child protagonists more in the sense that it's relatable to them. But Mm -hmm. pretending that they couldn't possibly understand a book if it's about adults is wildly out of, like, pocket. Like, 
this book absolutely works as a children's book and it is about a, like North an adult mm-hmm. man and Ombre an adult man and then in third place Catherine a child so yeah. it, it absolutely works you can tell an incredibly engaging story and I think the reason that William Joyce knew that that works is because a big inspiration for this book in general was when he was a kid and watched um, he said that what inspired this whole fantasy of this type of Santa like not the jolly old guy but this like mm-hmm. who used to be warrior this Cossack mm-hmm. guy was when he watched uh, James Bond and he was like this is the coolest fucking guy in the world and mm-hmm. I want Santa to be this cool because James <laughs> Bond is supposed to be like the good guy but he's really badass and mm-hmm. like battle worn but you know yeah. he's still chill and cool <laughs> so mm-hmm. um when he was a kid he was like this this rules i want santa to be like this and that, that inspired <laughs> this book and i think that's the funniest and greatest thing in the world yeah and, yeah kids love ado- stories about adults they think they're fun as well and they can absolutely mm-hmm. enjoy them and be inspired by them i mean th- i think that's i i don't know enough about children's literature and the way it changes like over time but i do think that's like over the past hundred years that's a thing where children like are the protagonists in children's stories but that has not always been the case like the stories we used to tell kids were mostly about about adults um like when you think of most most of the fairy tales for example Mm, but yeah i still think that there's a worth um in having both adult and child characters in these stories um, and like in a way that you can relate to but you can look up to also you, yeah I think there's like a range there and this book yeah. gives you all of that absolutely okay but maybe back to the story uh, because I have so many more notes <laughs> <laughs> Give me. Um, like um, I um sometimes thought the pacing of the book was a bit off because you usually have this thing where like the situation gets very very dire and then the spectral boy shows up and then everything is okay for a while and then it gets really bad again and then the spectral boy shows up it's like always the same thing and it happens like three or four times um uh so yeah i thought maybe (laughs) that was not completely necessary this whole Mm. time but I think the very, like, the big showdown is something that is really, really well done. Like, the, the bit uh, with the robot and, um, and North having to, find his, uh, having to fight his own robot um, that is being controlled by Pitch, the big bad. And, um, and the moment he lowers his weapons is so huge. Like, he's there. He's, he has to fight fighting has been his instinct for most of his life that's how he survived that's how he became who he was and then he's there um with this little child with the worst evilest guy of all time and he lowers his swords because i don't know i guess he realizes that the love will protect him and it does and then the robot stops because he cannot hurt him because I guess I, my, my note says Catherine's painting has instilled the first law of robotics into the robot. Oh, so true! <laughs> right? So this, this picture that she drew um, basically prevents the robot from harming this man. And that's the first law of robotics, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that was the showdown was so good. I love that. That was like the emotional impact that had like the the action and all of that. It was so well done. And again, like at the end when he's restored to like human form and mm. he like whips out his sabers, it's like, well, <laughs> come at me. Ah, oh, yeah. what a character. Yes. And then I also like the aftermath of that um, and when we learn how everything uh, dissolved and like because it's told in a fun way that everything happens very quickly and the top of the mountain blows up and then they get away and then only afterwards you find out oh yeah that was Ombreg and he kind of like spectral traveled what's it called I don't astral know. projection astral projection <laughs> that's what i said right um so, yeah i think that was um the way that ombrick said uh, that that wasn't his finest hour and it was something that north would have done <laughs> i thought that was very funny and then he blushed, I think, which like yes. the word the the, the, word uh, the wording blush. Also, not just so. he blushed, but then shortly, shortly followed by then he smiled fully for the first time in centuries. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> okay. These two. <laughs> that that also goes hand in hand with an earlier line, um, mm-hmm. where North is still bedridden and he's still being taken care of, mm-hmm. and, um describes sort of how Ombrick is taking care of him as well as everyone else. Yeah. And it says Ombrick had been almost smiling a great deal as the wounded bandit's condition improved. Like there is this this constant sprinkling the seeds of like North is very important to mm-hmm. Ombrick in a way that is no one has been yet. Yeah. Yes. It exactly. is very much this trope of like children's media that can't be like, oh, they're gay. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they're best buddies who raise a child together. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. I did write down that line with the almost smile as well because I, I, I took a note that was like, oh, is anyone else getting vibes from North and mm-hmm. Ombrick? And then the very, very next line that came up was like this almost smile. And also. Um, this quote that was like you or this place or that spirit have bewitched me was oh, yeah. something that North said in the beginning to Ombreg and I was like you have bewitched me like body and soul or <laughs> yeah, no, really I mean there is a vibe there <laughs> there is for sure I mean just vibe. you have just you have this guy this absolutely dashingly handsome guy who breaks mm. into this village saves everyone and then almost dies and you have this old man or older man i don't know how old, like ombrick is centuries mm-hmm. old i don't know how old coded he's supposed to be <laughs> but he recognizes that this is like the most pure-hearted being in the world who just saved everything he cares about mm-hmm. and he nurses him back to health and he cannot help but like him and mm-hmm. mm, yes uh, and then they yeah. end up living together just basically raising a child together. That's it. That's the story. That's the, yeah, it's the it's, whole thing. This is a story about Santa and his husband. That's yeah. That literally the last note I took for this was um, maybe the true treasure was the husband and daughter you find along the way. Yeah. No, literally. That is literally the story. Because <laughs> it goes like he goes to this village to find treasure and he ends up he actually with a says He actually says that line. I came to your village for treasure, but I found one... What was it? Found... Uh, 
I came to your village in search for treasure, but I found a better one than I ever supposed. And he means yeah. like literally the friendship we made along the way. <laughs> it's so good. It never gets old. I love it. I mean, it's an incredible book. It's fun. It's exciting. It's lovely. It's caring. It's beautiful. It's about love and friendship and curiosity and science and all the good things in the world and about how mm -hmm. unbelievably irresistibly attractive Santa is. <laughs> several times they bring it up how he is just super hot and fun and so attractive and dashing and daring yeah ah damn and and has like they they just slapped that accent on him for the movie which i assume is mm -hmm. also canon in the book and yeah that works that works yes and yeah. they put not most important thing here they put tattoos on that guy oh they did <laughs> mm. Good choice. Good oh, choice. Oh yeah, the movie Santa was already a lot, but then you read like his origin, and it's mm -hmm. like, oh god, it's worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's even worse somehow. Yeah, I mean, I was primed when I watched the movie because I like first read the book and afterwards watched the movie. Uh, but really, he was the most interesting part to me, and I was a little yeah. bit upset that he was not in there more. <laughs> Everyone um, else was all over. What was it, Jack Frost? I already forgot his fucking name. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> fuck that guy. No. Um, uh, meanwhile, I was like, yeah, no, the the Cossack Santa is for me. Yeah. With the tattoos and the the swords. Mm -hmm. And the way he swears um, with uh, Russian composers' names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny to me. It feels he goes like Shostakovich. <laughs> it's like something he trained on because Albrecht was like, you cannot swear with these children. Find something else to say. <laughs> Yeah, they know what they did. They like, the, know especially, what they did. especially chapter six when they describe him. They just keep giving us more and more and more, and he's perfect. He's so live. I think that's also something about this book. It like immediately triggered like images in my mind, like I'm watching a movie. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, I have a pretty vivid imagination. I can when I read something, I immediately picture it in my mind. But it's not always this strong like this is a rare case of it being so strong that i feel like i actually watched this act like mm -hmm. just with my eyes like i didn't even read it i just watched it yeah uh the guys also like the, the author is also uh, in the movie business right he yes like, he was also the director or something of no what what did he do for uh, the movie? he wrote and i think produced this okay. movie obviously because uh, mm -hmm. it's his story um, but also I believe Robots mm -hmm. the Dreamworks is it Dreamworks yeah, yeah. The, Dream it the Dreamworks movie and another one that really fucked pretty uh, um, A Bug's Life oh okay so iconic. <laughs> yeah um, yeah he's uh, like, he, he had some like m major things put out there it's, this is mm -hmm. not not even like his only remarkable work yeah but he's just really good at telling mm -hmm. good stories for, for kids yeah but I, I did get the impression when reading the book that this is a very like cinematic yeah. language oh like, yeah absolutely very... had a feel for that yeah yeah it invokes images and like it's the, the way it's like paced and the, the, the way scenes work is very cinematic and like you said it's like it invokes the images of the sceneries also the illustrations in this book are gorgeous they are beautiful they are stunning I love the style. they are yeah. stunning like and they, perfect for this book they are 
in some ways very creepy the way that these <laughs> nightmares are um uh like portrayed they look scary i would have been scared of yeah. them as a kid i think but yeah it, it matches the style because i think this book is really good at um not shying away from difficult topics um for children like going really deeply into what troubles children and what worries them and what they're scared of um but also not going that deep and like making it hard and heavy um they always find a good balance i think yeah yeah i think especially the spectral boy is like such a central character because he is utterly lonely that is how he's described like mm -hmm. when like he watches Catherine and Nornbrick and North just from afar and he feels like they're his friends even though he's never spoken to them and he comes to their rescue because he cares about them but like he mm -hmm. never talked to and I think it's very sweet that he's like this mute character who doesn't not mm -hmm. just out of choice but apparently can't speak mm -hmm. um, and like that is such a sweet little sad thing to put in this book but uh, a lot of children probably relate to that they could just mm -hmm. watch others from afar but can't really find a way to connect to them but you know it it's still as strong and as valid a feeling even if it takes you a lot of time to approach these people which you know mm -hmm. in the end he does when he s saves the day for them mm -hmm. and like Catherine actively like seeks him out she like she wants to see him she wants to mm -hmm. talk to him but I think that is such a nice touch because obviously it's wrapped in this fantastical thing of like the spectral boy that lives in the sky, mm -hmm. but it's very real to children. I think. I, I think if I had read this as a kid, I would have had a very new and different perspective on mm -hmm. everything if I had read this character. Yeah, and I think loneliness is also like a something that is a topic for different characters in different yeah. ways. Because I think in the beginning, Ombrick is also very lonely. Not in the sense of he doesn't have anybody, but he doesn't have any equals. Like, he always is the teacher and never somebody... Like, there's never somebody at his level. And also, both North and Catherine are very lonely. And that's what brings them together as friends. Um, that they really, really both just need a friend. Um, yeah. who's yeah who they can connect to on that like same level and i, I love the yeah. way that he wrote this because he really writes this fairly clearly like he doesn't sugarcoat it but he's also not mm -hmm. like super philosophical about it but like mm -hmm. the passage uh, about it is her steady kindness to north was his greatest comfort and worst torment he saw himself in her he knew what it was like to be lost and this haunted him as he continued to heal, he seemed to withdraw even further. North saw within the child's serious gray eyes a need, a hope, a wish that he'd, fo that he'd fought since he could remember. To have a friend. Mm. Yeah. It's sad. And sweet and bittersweet and, mm. you know, very important and very well written. It is. It Sometimes is it's okay if it's like a simple children's story. If it touches you, that's still mm. very real and valid. I think that's also something that I don't find in a lot of media for adults. This lesson of, yes, things get pretty dark sometimes, but also things can be okay in the end. Yes. And this is how you do it. Like, this is how you make, make it so that things 
will be okay by building friendships, building relationships, by like staying curious. And um, that's also like a reason why a lot of the time I'm still pulled towards uh, kids' media, which is so funny. Yeah, I was just going to say, like when, how, media, where, in what like, form? Books, <laughs> you don't watch cartoons. Most, <laughs> mostly books. And, um, that's um, why I'm drawn to children's media. <laughs> So yeah, that's why it's very funny that I haven't watched many cartoons because I know that cartoons are often like that as well. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, different I think kind of medium. This book would lend itself amazingly to like a cartoon adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like some, obviously, yes, the movie was a cartoon adaptation of this lore in general, <laughs> but uh, like I can really see it in this um, this animation style of like. Um, the the other <laughs> hot center movie <laughs> the animated one on Netflix that you probably haven't Cla- seen Claus Claus I have I seen that one have you seen that one I have seen it and uh, that's the one where Santa is like c- like actively like canonically gay kind of kind of yeah um I think this style would really work well for the story as well or mm. honestly they could go for live action and it could work. It could work. Mm-hmm. This story could work in live action if oh, g- yeah. if given the love and care that it deserves. Oh yeah. Just who would you cast? Yeah, it's impossible. To, that that is the thing. Them. It's impossible to cast someone who looks like this and acts like this <sighs> and has just this charisma. It's just it couldn't be just a random A-lister with a pretty no. face because that's not accurate. Oh, he needs to have edges. Yeah. At actually, at some point, I wrote down, um, like during chapter six, that this guy, like, they are trying to reinvent Butch Cassidy, but now he's a Cossack. Real, <laughs> that's real. basically it. Hard, if, that is true. If they could find somebody to play Butch Cassidy, I mean, not just anybody, <laughs> you know, they are the same character in they a way, and that, or like the same type of guy, like this yeah. impossibly charming, irresistibly charming. Yeah, Guy. and like everybody is a little bit in love with them, and yeah. uh, they're like absolutely daring and uh, impulsive, and sometimes do stupid things, but always like from a good place. Damn. Yeah. So real, so true. And like forced, forced to be bandits by their circumstances. God, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess I have a type. <laughs> I guess you do. Exactly, like this book at some points feels like it's a lot older than it is. Mm. Like it could be. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. From, like from the 60s like, or something. Yeah, like an old children's book from yeah, 100 th- years and, ago. And or I, I do think that that is sort of also something that I really enjoyed about it because it's very, very timeless and it's it mm. reminds me a lot of the books I used to read as a kid and, you know, that came to me from what my parents used to read as kids sort of mm. a thing. And that is, I think, where this book works so well. It's absolutely, ti- absolutely timeless. Yeah. I mean, okay. we could talk about this book forever, probably, <laughs> if we wanted to. There's still parts I, that we haven't talked about, but... Yeah. Um, I, I think, skipped some of my notes as well, but yeah. I think we put everyone in the uh, most important holiday spirit, which is <laughs> Santa is gay and hot. That's, <laughs> that's what you need yeah. to know. Th- yeah, 
Um, I think this will go into my, uh, like, media I will consume to get in the Christmas spirit. Because, honestly, these, like, past years I had some trouble with that. Like, really didn't feel that Christmassy vibe. Um, (laughs) was always too busy anyway. And then suddenly Christmas was there and it was like, oh, okay, I guess. So I'm trying to actively, like, seek out music and movies and stuff like that that will put me in the christmas spirit and this will probably go on my list for oh yeah for it is for me years. that is why i also suggested it because mm-hmm. I, we, I was like hey we could make a holiday episode and yeah. also i have the perfect book <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now I just have to wait for a whole year until I can introduce you to one of my yeah. favorite holiday specials. <laughs> That's okay. I ro- already know which one I'm going to take. <laughs> I have made my choice. So that's it for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. We want to thank Mykonos Salome on Tumblr for our cover art. And if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Tumblr and TikTok at GTSY Podcast or find us on Twitter at Crimcast or send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. Once again, we wish you happy holidays. Uh, if you like what we did today, share this with your friends. <laughs> um, any last words? Ooh. Hot Central rights, I don't know. <laughs> That's that's gonna work. That's fine. Bye. Bye. Bye.